This is the Ed Milet Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today's special. It's not every day you sit across from a three-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. Let's just be real. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. One of the greatest athletes of all time. And by the way, ironically, I think actually one of the most underrated athletes of all time. It's a fact. But actually, as impressive as his football career was, I like the fact that the dream didn't stop there and he was able to post-football create an incredible brand, an incredible career, an incredible life post-football. So I just want to pick the brain of the great Troy Aikman. Troy, good to have you. Yeah, great to be on. Great to meet you. Yeah, I've been you, looking forward to this. You too. By the way, he's also an entrepreneur. We ought to just talk about that first. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's in the beer yeah. business now. Yep. Tell me about yep. that a little it's bit. Been a, it's been an interesting year and a half or so. Actually, we started uh, two years before we launched. We've, we've now been in stores for a year and a half, strictly in Texas. But I worked for a distributorship in college. Uh, I like beer. Uh, I don't drink a lot. But you don't when look I, like you drink any. Yeah, no. Okay. I, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I met my partners and uh, we started kicking it around and seeing if it's something that I might want to do. And, and uh, you know, I, I work out. Uh, I, I'm mindful of what I put in my body, all those things. And I said, well, if we can do something that complements my lifestyle, then I'm all for it. And so uh, we spent two years uh, coming up with the recipe. And what's unique about eight uh, which is the name of the beer, is that we're 100% organic grains. We have no mm. adjuncts and no fillers. So we're the only widely available beer that can stay, that. Can say that. Uh, every other widely available beer adds corn, rice, sure. syrup, or sugar. So there's a lot of junk that's thrown in there. Mm. Uh, ours has none of that, and yet we're still at 90 calories and just 2.6 carbs. That so, was my next question yeah. those two things. So it's been really good. And, and uh, you know, I feel like we're a lifestyle brand, quite honestly, because the people who I've always been inspired by are the people who never settle and the people who do yeah. the work and, and, and all those things that mm-hmm. – and I feel like I'm one of those people, you know, and that's why I, I, I'm usually drawn to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's really who this beer was made for. Now, anyone who wants to drink it that wants a better for you beer mm-hmm. uh, will certainly accept. But, By the way, uh, you're in the right demo in this audience. They yeah. can drink beer and be healthy, and yeah. it's actually unique. They can get it anywhere? Where can you get it? In Texas. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, distributed across the entire state. Okay. Eventually, we, we hope that we'll move outside of Texas and – you know, be in other states. Let's and get I it think, online so we can buy it online. Can yeah. It eventually? Uh, I don't know what the restrictions are on that. Either. I've been asked about that a lot, yeah. um, but it's done it really well. So yeah. we just we just kicked off our second year, mm-hmm. and a lot of good stuff is happening. So. Congratulations. Yeah, man. thank you. You, uh, like I said, you've had this incredible life. I wanna, I'm want i going to ask you hard stuff today, stuff that I don't think you get asked all the time. I had a chance a few weeks ago, I was with Brady for a few days at an event. And I've uh, been blessed that I get to have been around some guys that have played your position at a pretty high level. Um, Woody John Elway's been a friend yeah. of mine for a long time. What's a through line for the great leaders in anything, but especially we'll just take quarterbacks now. What's a through line? Then don't be humble today. Between like a Troy Aikman, because you're different personalities, very different. Troy Aikman, a John Elway, a Tom Brady. What is the through line that made you all great leaders? I know there's differences, but what's a through line? Yeah, I think uh... – we are all different. We all lead uh, in a different way, which is which is true of, of any field, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, but I think that probably what the through line is for all great quarterbacks, great leaders at that position, uh, or in general, is that they they put in the work and and they're not outworked. You know, and I think that that 
first of all, you got to play well, but right. but you have to also be the guy who your teammates understand is is there putting in the work and doing what's necessary mm. in order to be the best that you can be. And I think that those guys that you mentioned, I'd like to think that I'm one of them as well. Mm. That uh, your teammates never questioned your commitment, and your dedication. Uh, and your persistence to being the best that you could be. Why um, does it matter? Like I, I uh, like in business as an entrepreneur, I tell entrepreneurs one of the reasons you got to outwork everybody is when you're leading a team. An ironic thing, and I, maybe this isn't true in football, but I think it is. You actually create safety for everybody around you, stability when you're the hardest working person in the room and the leader. I think that's one of those like invisible things. Like you actually have created a sense of stability just by your mere presence and your work ethic that doesn't exist if you're a little bit hit and miss in an environment. Do you see that? Yeah. And I and I think that in in football, maybe this is true in all sports, but I know that that what I can relate to is the dynamics of a locker room uh, and within an organization. And what generally happens is for the quarterback, the quarterback, the franchise quarterback is always viewed as the guy who didn't really have to fight necessarily for his pay. He's been treated well. Mm. You know, that, okay, well, the organization, and, and maybe even more so now, even though we've seen situations where some quarterbacks have had to hold out and hopefully get what they feel is their, you know, uh, correct, corrected pay. Yeah. But I think in general, uh, when you have a franchise quarterback, it's like, oh, okay, well, his contract's up, so we pay him, and then we move on, and these other guys are holding out, and then they got to, you know, they got to fight a little harder. The quarterback usually has great relationships with not only the coaches, but also the owner himself and, mm. and all that. So I think that with that, the quarterback has to, in his way, make the other players, his teammates, understand that, that he's with them. You know, mm-hmm. that he's one of them and that he's doing the work just like they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not always easy to do. And there, there have been those quarterbacks, those guys, those franchise quarterbacks that have struggled mm-hmm. uh, in that area. And, yeah. it's, and, and it's not easy. And, and not to get off tangent, but mm-hmm. I think that becomes a challenge right now with what we're seeing in college with the NIL is that mm-hmm. now you've got, you've got 18-year-olds instead of 24-year-olds that are having to navigate those waters of getting paid more than the rest of the players within the locker room. And how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not easy. That's interesting because uh, I've had a chance. I had uh, Peyton Manning. I've interviewed Peyton. I interviewed John Montana. And then you. And when I, when people make their list, this is which is interesting to me. I don't know if you take this personally or not. But when people go, okay, my top five quarterbacks of all time. You're usually going to hear Joe's name. You're going right. to hear Brady's name. Right. And then they'll interchange, you know, Marino, Peyton Maybe. Manning, right. you know, uh, whoever. They get the, right. their list. Rodgers, I guess, is on that list somehow now. <laughs> but uh, Mahomes I already. want to know where Otto Graham is. Right. That guy won like 10 championships I know. He doesn't back get in. Yeah. But what is it? <laughs> in your case, I mean, it's clear you should be in that. And by the way, I'm sure on many lists you are. I don't mean to say Well, that. no, that's not. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not. And, and why? And, and quite honestly, Ed, it, it, does, it, it doesn't affect me at all. I mean, it really doesn't. Uh, I mean, I played the game hoping that one day I would be thought of amongst the greats of all time. And I, and I feel like that happened by the simple fact that I'm in the Hall of Fame. That kind of helps. Uh, but, you know, when you're talking about, okay, name the top five, I wouldn't probably be in there. Maybe I would be if they mentioned the top ten. Mm-hmm. But I understand that, that my career really was about winning championships which ultimately is what everyone's career should be about that's what they pay us for Uh, but I think that the world that we're in with especially with fantasy football and then for those 
fans or people who are making those lists uh, that if they didn't see me play, they look at stats and they say, okay, well, shoot. I mean, Troy, my numbers are pretty modest uh, mm-hmm. relative to many others. And and, for, and there's reasons for that. Uh, you know, Emmett, of course, there's a reason why he's the all-time leading rusher. And, <laughs> you know, but when we didn't throw the ball as often. But when we threw it, we, we threw it as well as anybody. Sure. Uh, and, and that's why Michael Irvin's in the – in the Hall of Fame as well. So, no. Uh, it doesn't bother you. I'm, it, it does not bother me. In fact, during my Hall of Fame speech, what I mentioned was that I, I feel like everyone talks about how team comes first. You, you never hear a player say that, oh, no, I, I'm all about me. You know, they'll say, hey, I just want to win. <laughs> right. But there's very few, as you know, mm-hmm. who really only want to win. They want to yeah. win as long as they're also putting up their big numbers, you know. Yes. For me, uh, I felt like I did sacrifice individually. Mm-hmm. I felt like I could throw the ball as well as anybody, sure. but I feel like I did sacrifice individually for what was best for the team. And so the greatest reward for that was that I then received the greatest honor an individual can ever receive, and that is to be uh, voted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Fame. So that's what that's what meant so much to me, and uh, and the rest of it. Uh, I'm I'm proud of my career. Uh, you know, overly proud of it. If someone had told me, I you know, I always wanted to be a professional athlete. If someone had told me that I was going to go on and win three world championships and 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 have the teammates and the career that I was able to have, I'd I would have taken it you know all day long. And so uh, I'm proud of it. And where that ranks or where everyone else thinks I just it just it, you know I've never I've never really. Uh, it's not something you dwelled on. That. It's just because you know a lot of guys, other guys do. I mean, look at look at Michael Jordan's Hall of yeah. Fame speech. He's yeah. considered the goat, and he's still like nailing dudes. You know, like, yeah, right. And right, there's nothing right. wrong with that. I just there's an yeah. ego that comes with being great at anything that I think is a healthy ego. But you did. You're also known as like one of the most accurate throwers of the football of all time, right? One of the most cerebral guys. Like, stuff that quarterbacks do. I asked Noel Mazzone one time. You know, the quarterback guru did. Yeah. And he's like, probably the most accurate guy I've seen throw the football was actually Troy Aikman. But it was all the other things. It's actually getting into protections that you're supposed to get into. Right. I remember when Peyton really couldn't throw anymore. Yeah. Yet, they ended up doing a lot better with him than they did with um, uh, with Brock because of his ability just pre-snap to get them into different fo- the right, right formations and block. And, you know, obviously you know a lot more about that than I do. But I want to ask you also about your career. I'm, always, I'm just fascinated by the people that are the best. Like... People don't realize this because they watch it on TV, but every guy that's out there in the NFL was not only the best player, more than likely on their you know, their high school team, but they became elite in college. You were a UCLA guy. Did you come from Nebraska before that? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. So you didn't get it at Oklahoma. You end up redshirting at UCLA yeah. and ends up winning three Super Bowls and an MB- a Super Bowl MVP. But I look at guys like that are just different, and I think, what's the commonality? Because... Even me as an entrepreneur, I'm different than Elon Musk. I'm not anywhere near as wealthy as Elon Musk. But, you know, Phil Knight, Elon Musk, and, uh, you know, Mark Cuban, three very different dudes. What's the through line, right? And I look at Jimmy Johnson. I look at Bill Belichick, Bill Walsh, and let's just say uh, Andy Reid right now. They're very different for human beings. Yeah. You know all of them, or knew all of them, yeah. or met them. What is common amongst them that made them great leaders? That's a tough well, one. Well, that's a great question. I mean, it really is, because I, I actually was just having this conversation with somebody that, for the most part, for the most part, I would say, if you tell me someone's a player's coach, 
I will tell you, then they probably haven't won at the highest level in general. <laughs> okay. In general. All right. Okay. But I think Andy Reid would be regarded as a player's coach, and he's mm-hmm. been one of the most successful coaches in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I do think that players in general, they, they, they want to be coached by people that they know are going to make them better. Right. You know, and that's, that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the key. And so do they know something that I don't, mm-hmm. and they can put me in a position to where I can achieve the things that I want to achieve, both individually and then as well for us as a team. This is true in business. True in, yeah, true yeah, in life, yeah. true in everything. Right. I mean, it really is. Mm-hmm. And so there's obviously a lot of parallels between sports and, mm-hmm. and business and other things. But, you know, you take Bill Belichick, for instance. I've talked to a number of people, uh, you know, clearly regard as, you know, what may be the greatest coach of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's on certainly a short list. But, you know, He's not a whole lot different in a lot of ways from the guy that we see. Hmm. But when you talk to people who have played for the Patriots, I said, how, how is he so effective? And they say, we know that if we do what he asks us to do, hmm. w- there's a really good probability that we're going to win the we're game. We're going to win, right. And Did so, you feel the way about Jimmy? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And Jimmy was tough. I mean, Jimmy was hmm. really tough. He, he demanded a lot, attention to detail. Hmm. Uh, no detail was too small, hmm. um, and 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 we worked hard. You know, so we had really talented players. That was his Jimmy's greatest strength. Probably was was his evaluator, his evaluating of talent. I mean, hmm. he was sensational at that. So we had really talented players that worked exceptionally hard, and then Jimmy didn't let anything slide. And hmm. so that's a pretty good formula. I watched something. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. I happened to be watching. We have some mutual friends that are involved at, at Fox Sports for football. And uh, I watched the day that they told Jimmy Johnson that he had made the Hall of Fame. And then they threw to you. Yeah. And I watched your reaction. And I thought, I don't know that these guys necessarily got along that well when the dude's beating the drum when you're playing and, you know, threatening you with, if you don't, I'm going to play Walsh or whatever. Yeah. What's going on yeah. in your career, right? Yeah. But you sincerely seemed emotional yeah. about it on his yeah. behalf and i wonder if that's just because when you're forged in a battle even you're building a company or a family or a football team that when you get to the other side of that although it might be messy in the in the middle that at the end there's this tremendous admire you know admiration that you've done something great together is that what that was or what was it because you were pretty emotional yeah uh and i didn't know that he was going to be told that he was going into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to halftime, and my producer said to me, hey, uh, the studio wants you to watch the a little bit of this halftime show. They, they're going to be doing something. Wow. And I just thought, okay, they're going to be doing something, and then sometime in the second half, I'm going to be asked to maybe talk on it. Uh, and so I'm just watching what's going on, and then when I see David Baker walk mm-hmm. out, who was running the Pro Football Hall of Fame, then I knew that, that Jimmy was going in, and I knew that there was a chance, but I had no idea that he was going to be told that night. I no thought he was going to be months before he was going to ever find out. Okay. Um, and so why I was emotional, Ed, was, was you're right. Our career. I've known Jimmy since I was about 14 years old. He was okay. recruiting me uh, out of high school when he was at Oklahoma State. Okay. And I didn't go to Oklahoma State, of course, and then he went to Miami, recruited me there, and I didn't go there. And then I go to Dallas, and he's – 
he takes over for Tom Landry. So now he's coaching <laughs> me. And then he drafted Steve Walsh. Or, mm-hmm. And 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 you're right. It got off to a really tough start. But he and I have gotten – we're really close. And so he's never gone into uh, the Ring of Honor uh, mm-hmm. at Cowboy Stadium where they have all the names. And, you know, we all feel, those of us that played for him, feel that if any of us are in the Ring of Honor, he certainly should be in the Ring of Honor. But mm-hmm. that's a decision for Jerry Jones to make. And so I never was certain he would get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame because he hadn't coached long enough yeah. was the reason. Not that he didn't deserve to be mm-hmm. in. I just didn't think that, well, he he wanted to go on and do do his boat and be in South Florida and all that. And so I just didn't know that – because he'd been a finalist for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And so knowing – how much that meant to him and had not yet been recognized for what he had done for those teams with the Cowboys, uh, for to see him go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, that night was was really special. I mean, that's why I was so emotional. Just mm-hmm. I was I was so happy for him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, to take it a step further is he asked me to be his presenter. Um, I, I so I presented him then, wow. which was uh, is the greatest honor. I mean, the the greatest. Uh, athletic honor I've ever received is, as I mentioned, going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The greatest honor I've ever received in general was Jimmy Johnson asking me to be his presenter because when you go into the Hall of Fame, you can ask anybody you want to be your presenter. And so when he asked me, I just thought, man, that's that is uh, huge. That's a a pretty special uh, thing. And so... How wonderful, man. Congratulations. Hey, guys, I want to talk to you about Shopify. You know, when I started the show, the furthest thing from my mind was doing online business, and now I can't imagine my life without it. So I love Shopify because they're a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. So whether you're in the startup phase where you're just launching your online store, or you're at that really big business where you're like, hey, we just hit a million bucks in order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. They've helped me through every single stage. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. So whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered big time. They help turn browsers into buyers. They convert their checkouts 36% better than all the leading competitors. And I've used them for everything I do online. So every single thing you see that I market online, Shopify is somehow involved. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mylet, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mylet now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mylet. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, listen, we're all carrying around some form of stress, big or small, and you don't want to keep things bottled up. It's healthy to talk out loud with somebody about things that are bothering you or that are weighing on your mind or just decisions that you need to make. And that's why therapy from BetterHelp is one of the most helpful things you can do for learning positive coping skills how to set boundaries, and it'll empower you to be the best version of yourself. And it's not just for those that have experienced major trauma. Therapy's for people that just want to work through things and maybe learn to make decisions better, work through an emotion that's not serving them right now. And so if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, it's flexible, and it can be suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll get matched with a licensed therapist. If you don't click, you can switch therapists anytime you want for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash EdShow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EdShow. Speaking of emotions, dealing with failure. 
It's part of being an athlete. Yeah. And I think back to I just watching a lot of football. I, your rookie year was not gorgeous. Yeah. So most people that listen to my show may not even be football fans, but I'm, I'm interested to hear. Why don't you describe it a little bit? Tell them what happened your rookie year, which was not you weren't winning a Super Bowl that year. No. And, and, um, <laughs> no. and how you dealt with a lot of the rejection and failure, criticism that came with it. And probably even to this day, you get criticism, people saying things about you that aren't real yeah. favorable. How do yeah. you deal with that? Uh, no, it's a, it's a, my rookie year was, I guess, it when I first got criticized or had to deal with that was at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was trying to run an offense that just didn't fit my skills. And, and so it was a real challenge. And OU, of course, is a, is a hotbed for football. And, the, and we were pretty good at the time. And I was probably holding us back just because we we're trying to run this wishbone offense. And it just wasn't, wasn't for me. So that was the first time I really had to deal with it. I broke my leg. And then I went to UCLA and ended up going to Dallas as the number one overall pick. But I went to the worst team in football. And then my rookie year, uh, you know, new head coach, college coach, bringing in a lot of different players every week. Uh, we, we really did not have much of a fighting chance. I was 0-11 as a starter. Crazy. And, and uh, it was tough. I took a beating. Uh, we weren't very good up front. Mm. Uh, 0-11, everyone. 0-11. Mm-hmm. And so there were games where we should have lost mm-hmm. based on how I played. Um, and then there were other games where I thought I played pretty well, you know, mm-hmm. and and we'd have a lead with 30 seconds left in the game, and somehow we'd lose it, you know? Yeah. And, and I just remember thinking, man, what does it take to win a game in this league? I mean, this is, this is <laughs> brutal. Game. Right. And, uh, but I never lost confidence. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think the reason was I had a quarterback coach by the name of Jerry Rome, and he had played in the NFL, and, and he just he refused to let me get down on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there were days when it was hard. It was hard to be positive. It was hard to be upbeat. It was hard to believe that good things were going to happen. But but he was always there being my champion, and he mm-hmm. was in my corner. And, uh, and so, fortunately, my very first game, my second season, we won. And so I got that monkey off my back. And then over time, we slowly got better and better. And then, of course, we won the Super Bowl uh, in my fourth year and, and had great success. But, yeah, I just think that – Does criticism hurt you? Even now, well, nobody likes it. Yeah. You know, it's easy. I, I hear people say, "Hey, I don't pay any attention to criticism." Mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing that anyone mm-hmm. uh, just can totally brush it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you get criticized enough, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> and I'm in, and I'm now that I'm still in the public eye with yeah. the broadcasting and all that, that uh, you just learn that that. It's just part of it, you yeah. know. Uh, someone once told me that, hey, it's part of the, you know, it comes with the dinner, mm. and and criticism just comes with the dinner, and and you know, I'll read Twitter from time to time, and and if and if you've called a game and you read Twitter, be oh. buckle up. Oh my it, God. I mean, it, I can't even. But some of the, it's some of it's pretty funny, mm-hmm. uh, and and I laugh at most of it. But what I like, the reason I do it is because you know, you mm. know, deep down. If there's truth to those criticisms, sure, you know, yeah, and so I try to evaluate myself objectively, mm. and I don't dismiss that. I mean, I, I I I listen and then think, yeah, you know what, they're right. Me too. They're right. That I wasn't do the same. I kind of dig some of it. Yeah, some of it's ridiculous, yeah. but some of it I'm like, you know what, that's I've heard this enough times. There's some validity to this. That's right. I do need to make that adjustment. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's a, it's a bit of a wake up, and 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 all that's good. So I I. I don't. I don't mind it. I mean, I, I honestly don't mind it. What and about, even at the criticism, if you know deep down, like yeah. you've 
you've done your best and whatever it is, and then you just accept it and move on. And and now, as you know, I mean, uh, the critics now everyone has a platform, so uh, you get you get all the I, I, everyone gets criticized now. I mean, you just yeah, gotta, we don't we definitely don't lack feedback in yeah, this day and yeah, age. There's yeah. plenty of feedback. I want to ask you about winning. I've always wanted to ask somebody who's won a lot this. I'll just be honest with you. So the things that have happened in my life where I've kind of won in business or whatever, there were there were um, it was amazing. There were elements of it that were better than what I thought it was going to be, but there were also elements of it that surprised me. And I'm curious, you win this, as much as you can go back and really be there, you win this first Super Bowl. Maybe you're still on the field, you're in the locker room, it's the next day. Was it what you thought it would be? Like, did you feel what you thought you would feel? Because there's these new studies that actually yeah. say that you get more dopamine in the pursuit of something, that actually when you hit it, there's like a dopamine crash in your brain, and it's like, is that all there is? There's a little bit yeah. of a letdown. yeah. Did you have that happen to you? What did it really feel well, like? Well, I'll take you back a little bit earlier than that. Okay. Ed, okay. When when I was about 14 years old, I couldn't wait to get my driver's license. Okay. I mean, I thought that anyone who could drive, how could they ever have a bad day in their life? <laughs> I mean, I just thought, that. how could right. you ever be upset right. about anything? I mean, right. you can drive. Right. Well, you turn 16, you get your driver's license, and you, you you learn to drive and all that, and you've got a car, and, and then you realize that, hey, you still have bad days, and, mm-hmm. and, and that always stuck with me. Hmm. So, I've, so I, I, I've always known that achievement isn't going to it, – it's not going to fulfill you anymore. I mean, it, you, you, you're proud, hmm. and you're working towards that, and you, know, you reach these goals – but it doesn't it, it's not going to make you any happier mm. it's not you know that comes from a totally different place now i will tell you i was i was in my 50s before i really figured that part of it out really and so uh but when i won my my first super bowl i i knew it was at least i knew that was in my back pocket yeah. and that's what i was drafted to do so mm-hmm. that's where the satisfaction came like for the rest of my career mm-hmm. they can't say i can't win the big one was or, it, was it satisfaction or relief uh great question i i would say in all honesty it was it was more relief yeah yeah, yeah. because i was never one of these athletes who uh, people would say how come you how come you don't smile more how come right. you don't you know you don't look like you're really enjoying playing mm. I, I didn't smile or enjoy it till it was over until we won <laughs> yeah. you know till we won the game I mean that's yeah. when mm. that's when you were really able to mm. uh, in, enjoy the effort yes. uh, but during it uh, no I mean it was a, it was a grind you know mm. so but yeah I think I, I think in all honesty it was it, it was more more relief that's been my emotion too it's interesting you say that like it wasn't what I thought it would be although there's other benefits that come with it that you don't dream of or imagine as well but it's almost like Okay, a little bit of relief. (laughs) Yeah. But the other thing that's unique about you, brother, is that you repeat. And I know it's a team sport, but we're going to get into broadcasting in a minute. Then you repeated, I mean, most of you know this, but if you don't, I mean, Troy has had this prolific career at Fox. Now he's Monday Night Football at uh, ABC. He's like, he's the number one sports broadcaster in football now. He's also become number one of that. So he's guys that has to leave college to go to UCLA because the offense didn't work for him. Ends up becoming the number one pick in the draft. Ends up being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And then after that, duplicates it with a career that's been dominant. And by the way, he could be a professional bodybuilder if he wanted to be right now, too. So, like, the guy guy finds this way to the top position. But a lot of people don't deal very well with rejection or failure. 
but a lot, a lot, and you know this, whether it's been business people you've met in your life or people that are in a good relationship or an athlete, like we're talking about the UFC guys that I work with or the boxers, guys work really hard to win a championship, and then something happens to them after they win a championship, that hunger, the drive, whatever yeah. it is, they don't, most people deal very poorly with winning is yeah. the truth. It seems like that has not happened to you. No, it hasn't. Uh and I, I think in general, m- most people, uh, well, my approach, whether it's in football or whether it was in broadcasting or it's in my personal life, is that most people aren't willing to do the work. Yep. I mean, that's that's what I believe. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know where it came from for me. I don't know if it was the way I was raised by my father, uh, but... That to me is the is what has driven me throughout my life and in and, and everything that I've done. Now the Super Bowl, as far as that goes, I, I can't imagine winning a Super Bowl and then not being more hungry than you were. And the reason I say that is because it is such a great experience hmm. that how could you not want to go and do that again and again? But and you again. played with the guys you didn't. You played with the guys. I've been and, with. I've yeah. been with, and I've seen those. I've seen those teams, and and, and we all see because it's hmm. it is. It's a bit of human nature. Uh, Jimmy was great in our repeat. Jimmy Johnson uh, in in how he treated us harder. I mean, he worked us harder. Hmm. The second year, mm-hmm. uh, he and and there was a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy was a psychology major, and he felt that hey, now's when people get complacent. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to allow it, mm-hmm. and so he 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 worked us even that much harder. But mm-hmm. you know, Ed, I'm asked a lot about why I work out so much, yeah. why I do all this, and 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 the reason really is simple that uh, I feel like my success as a, as a player was because I just refused to be outworked and so i was going to do what was ever whatever was required and when i got into broadcasting i'm not the greatest speaker in the world Mm -hmm. and uh but i just said i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give myself at least a fighting chance and i'm gonna i'm gonna put more time into this and so i i work hard at 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 Mm -hmm. trying to be as prepared as i possibly can be to go into a broadcast and then with the working out now in my personal life it's been about discipline uh and commitment and Mm -hmm. if i let myself go I feel like it. I, I feel like then I become a bit of a fraud, and what I believe is the foundation of who I am and why I've been able to have some degree of success. And so I think it, it's it, you know when you talk about a through line, when you've been asking me those questions, but that that's the through line for me. It's right. discipline, it's consistency, and it's commitment. Yeah, you're the product. He, everyone, you know, this is an audio show, but we're on YouTube as well. But um, I mean, Troy's in better shape right now than when he played. I mean, he's. Yeah. You know, I'm not. I'm not not yeah. exaggerating this. I'm yeah. not blowing smoke at him. Troy is. Uh, when you're a fit dude, I'm pretty fit. You know, you notice it in guys, especially if they're over 45 or 50 years old. Troy is in magnificent, like shredded shape. What are some of your routines to do this? So, do you have? Are you? You, you strike me as a dude. Now that I've met you, I bet you burn pretty hot. You're an intense dude. I bet yeah. you have a good time. Yeah, but there's no, this, that's true. You, that's you, true. <laughs> you burn hot. You're an intense yeah. dude. So am I. And and um, I admire that about you. I think you are the product that you claim to be. And those are the people I like to be around the most. Yeah. Like they live what they say, as much as they can. Yeah, we all have these weaknesses in our life. So what are some of your routines, uh, fitness wise? I know meditation's a big deal yep. for you. Like, what does a day look like for you? Is it regimented or is every day different? Uh, it's pretty regimented. Uh, I, I'd like for it to be a little bit different, but I know what works for me, and I just kind of I, I, I stick with that. Uh, I've always I've always worked out with weights. Mm-hmm. 
and I follow some people on Instagram. I follow mm-hmm. yourself on mm-hmm. all the motivational stuff. Mm-hmm. But I listen to Mark Heim, and I'm, I, mm-hmm. I've become somewhat of a dis- disciple of his. Okay. Uh, but it, it was always even when I when I retired, a lot of players will just be burned out on working out, right? Uh, and then others go go hardcore. Uh, I just kept doing it, um, mm-hmm. and so I continued to lift four days a week. Okay. I was doing cardio. My cardio was running four to six miles every day, and I in in a in a year, <clears throat> if I took five days off from cardio. In a year, I'd say that's probably a high number. My um, gosh, yeah. really? And so then uh, I started having some hip issues about three years ago, and I had to had to stop running, uh, and now I do the indoor bike. So I do uh, – and then with COVID hit, I knew that people were going to go one of two ways, and most people were going to really get in worse shape. Yeah. And I just, uh, again, said to myself, I'm not going to be one of those people. I'm In fact, I ratcheted it up even more to where then i had always been a good eater i i rarely would eat uh poor meals or Mm -hmm. have cheat meals but then i just got really really disciplined Mm -hmm. i don't like the word strict i just got more and more disciplined in that and now my routine ed has gotten crazy i mean people that know me i I carry this jug around with the water i drink it out there's mine hey Hey, we got the same same one exact jug brother come on now i love it here we go i love it yeah no i uh i was drinking up to three gallons a day you're peeing all the time all the time and then i was then i read that you get you hit a a certain number it doesn't matter anymore and so i said well that's a relief so I, i backed off but I do that. Um, I meditate. I've been meditating for about 10 years. It's changed my life. Uh, and then I got the cold plunge. I do the yeah. sauna. I do that every every evening before I go to bed. And, and just about a month ago, I got red light therapy. Got the red light stuff going. But, I mean, if I read about it, then I want to incorporate it. Yeah. And I, I've made... I've always been a good sleeper, but now I just will not uh, relent on my sleep. Mm. I just make it an absolute priority, mm. and it it is. It's the best I've ever felt in yeah. my life. If you listen to this show for a while, you've heard me and my guests talk a lot about how critical it is to have your wellness goals in order, especially lately with me. So you know how powerful visualization is. When you visualize yourself 1, 10, 30 years from now, you've achieved all your goals. Ask yourself this, am I healthy at that point? In your visions, of course you are. But like anything else, without a plan to get and remain healthy, you can't hit the goal. That's why I'm so thrilled to be partnering with Life Force. It's co-founded by my good friend Tony Robbins and Peter Diamandis. Life Force is a leader in proactive care. The Life Force membership includes everything you need to understand your wellness and help you make good decisions today that keep you on track in the future for your health. Listeners of my show get $250 when they first sign up for their membership by going to mylifeforce.com slash ed. That's mylifeforce.com slash ed. Take control of your wellness with Life Force and see what the healthiest version of you actually looks like and is capable of. These products and statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey guys, if you need to hire, you need Indeed. You know, in all of my businesses, and I've been blessed to have several of them, I've used Indeed now for a number of years. And the main reason I do it is, if you're like me, I don't want to waste a bunch of time interviewing people that aren't qualified for the positions that I have. It's one of the hardest jobs in the world, right? Or they are qualified, but they're not interested in making the move at the given time. And so with Indeed, you have a thing called Instant Match where they match you with quality candidates within 24 hours, and you're in front of people that want the job, that are qualified for it, and that you probably want to hire. I wouldn't go anywhere else. They've delivered great candidates 
to multiple businesses that I have right now. So here's what's great. Listeners and viewers on my show, you get a $75 sponsored job credit right now to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash MyLet. Just go to Indeed.com slash MyLet, which is M-Y-L-E-T-T, right now. And you can support our show by saying you heard about Indeed here. That would be great, by the way. Indeed.com slash MyLet. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. By the way, I mean, I, all of those are my jam. I yeah. have the red light therapy bed. It's a great. I got a Theralight bed. I just started bed. the red light yeah. uh, about two weeks ago. Hey, brother, it's awesome. By the way, one thing you can do, too, that there's a setting on there for sleep. You have a Theralight bed? Do you know which bed you have? Do you, do you... I've got a panel. You have I've a panel? Got a, okay. Because yeah. the thing I have actually can actually program it for sleep, too, so my sleep's oh, wow. actually gotten deeper. Off the Just for the record, I was talking to Alex Guerrero. Yeah. A few weeks ago, Tom's trainer. And we were talking about cold plunge, cold therapy, sauna stuff. And I'm going to play with this. I'm just giving it to you. I can't validate this medically. Yeah. But he did say that he does think some intermittent break from it, that there is an adaptation your body uh-huh. goes through. And so he recommended to me a little bit of a break. And then your body recalibrates and the cold plunge and the cold therapy works yeah. a little bit better. Yeah. So I do that too. I, I do know. Uh, well, the other, I, I, first thing I do in the morning is take a cold shower. Uh, and I haven't had a hot shower. Period. I haven't had a hot shower in probably four months uh, since I started. Okay, so you are plunge. even crazier than me. You're crazy, crazy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't had a hot shower, and and uh, but the the between the cold plunge and the cold showers, it it totally has changed my nervous system. Me too. I mean, in mm-hmm. a really positive way. I mm-hmm. I would get anxious about things. I I'd have I had some social anxiety. Really. Uh, and I I I don't want to say I don't have any of it anymore, but I don't think I have any of it anymore. I mean, I just <laughs> I just don't feel it. You know, right. I just don't. And I and I tell people I said it's the greatest thing in the world. And I've mm. got two daughters that are in college. Mm. And I, I I would mention to them I meditate back mm. when they were in you know, middle school and and high school and they 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 they've gotten used to this whole thing. I mean, they they kind of laugh about it, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't push it on them, but I mm-hmm. try to expose them to it, and mm-hmm. you know, they'll pick it up at their you know at their leisure yeah. as, when the time's right. But on the same, way. they work out, um, mm-hmm. and that's always just the, you know that's been part of the what they've grown up with. So I like that. I like that they've picked up on mm-hmm. on the lifestyle of working out. Do you meditate in the morning, well. Troy. When do you meditate? Usually. I meditate first thing in the morning. You do, yeah, too. after you do. I after I shower. Yeah, one of the things I don't know if you do this at all too, but by the way, I love that you have such a regimented routine. My confidence, I think, now that I look back on it, I think my confidence comes from the fact that I know I'm not going to get outworked. Yeah, and I know that I'm under pressure. I have reflexively good habits that serve me. Right. When pressure's cranked up, I sense yep. that with you too. One of the things for me, meditation was very difficult because I am wired pretty tight. And I'm always going, my mind's always yeah. thinking. And so meditation was this great gift for me. But one of the things that I've been doing lately with my meditation, I'm just curious if you do it since we're talking about it. I love focusing on my breathing when I meditate. I actually, you know, you're supposed to empty your mind. But one of the things I do lately is I've been really intentional about feeling and sensing my breath. Like breath work is like the next frontier. So I've done the cold plunge. I've done the sauna stuff. I've done the training. I do the 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 a lot of the water a gallon gallon right. and a half a day I'm in meditation mode what's the next thing the red light therapy the next thing for me has been like breathing work breath work have you done any of that so my meditation sometimes I feel like uh, I I'm I uh, sometimes I feel like I'm not advancing like others mm-hmm. uh, in that space because I only focus on my breath you do okay and I know there's a lot of different ways to meditate but I only 
uh, focus so solely uh, mm-hmm. on my breath, and then the mind, and then I bring it back. You know, mm-hmm. and I hear people say all the time, and I'm like you. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I thought, man, this is going to be, this going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that it's, I've been to a few retreats. I've been mm-hmm. to a couple of retreats, silent mm-hmm. retreats. Um, you ever but, follow Sad Guru? You know that no. Is? Okay. But the, you talk about the breath work, yeah. uh, Wim Hof. Yes. Uh, you know, I mean, I've had people who are doing his techniques, and mm-hmm. I, he's another that I follow, mm-hmm. and he definitely is into the cold. Sure is. Um, and and some people that are like-minded like us, mm-hmm. they, they tell me that they're doing some of his techniques mm-hmm. in the morning first thing mm-hmm. and how life-changing that has been. Yep. Now, I will tell you that <clears throat> the reason I started meditating 10 years ago is because I just felt, Ed, that, gosh, if 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 anyone should be happy in this world, if anyone has achieved everything that they had hoped to achieve, my dream, my my whole life was to be a professional athlete, right. and I was able to do that, and, and I was able to have this great lifestyle from it. I was broadcasting, and you know, and I called a game at the Super Bowl. Uh, it was the helmet catch, uh, David Tyree, when he yeah. beat Tom Brady and mm-hmm. the Patriots when they were undefeated at the mm-hmm. time. And I remember after that game, uh, Ron Jaworski came up to me and said, man, that was an unbelievable game. How about that? And I said, oh, yeah, it was great, Ed, or uh, Jaws. And um, he says, oh, yeah. And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, what's wrong? And I said, ah, you know, I, Jaws, I didn't really, I didn't do anything. I just talked about it, you know. And um, when I played in those games and we won, I mean, heck, I'd be the most excited guy in the room. Uh, he walked, he kind of had this quizzical look, you know, and walked away and, I've never even had this conversation with Ron, mm. um, but I remember thinking to myself, "Man, if this is as good as it gets, I just called what may be the greatest game ever played, and and yet I feel totally empty." And so I started thinking, "Man, what? If anyone should be happy, it should be me." And what's missing, you know? Mm. And uh, I I started looking up stuff, reading about stuff, really? and and meditation was kind of, and and that's why I say it's really it's really changed my life, uh, and it's allowed me, and more so in the last couple of years. Uh, because of some personal things that really mm-hmm. made me take a real hard look at myself and and figure some things out, mm-hmm. and meditation has had a huge role in that. Because mm-hmm. for the longest time, when I started meditating, I did it, but I didn't really. But the light never came on as mm-hmm. to what are the benefits of this. I, yeah. I kept doing it, yeah. but then about probably three years ago, I read a book called The Untethered Soul yep. by Michael Singer great book yeah and 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 i tried to read it probably two years prior to that and i couldn't get through it i was just like this mm-hmm. is too much and then i read it three years ago and whatever it was that was in that book all yeah. of a sudden it just all became crystal clear wow. and it changed it, it's changed my life and so all this stuff the water mm-hmm. and the cold plunge and all that all that's great and it's mm-hmm. a but uh Really, the the reason I feel as good as I do is because of what meditation has has Thank you meant for in my s- life. Saying that, yeah, just to meet you in the middle. Same with me. I've always, and I can't even be on if I'm really being honest because I do that on our show. I don't know that I'm on the other side of what you just described completely yet. I no. still, I still go. If anyone should be, yeah, happy and real blissful in their life on a regular basis, it really ought to be me and um i'm not enough now i will say what you said my faith and my meditation practices have enhanced it tremendously but i still feel like in my case there's 
several levels beyond it where I could be more present in the moment and just enjoy that yeah. moment more. That's what meditation's given me is a little bit more of, okay, I'm I'm in this moment right now. And there isn't another one. The the last one I just had doesn't really exist. It's a figure of imagination and the one coming after this doesn't exist yeah. either. But for me too, if I'm being really honest, I uh, still um now, part of that, I think, is both of our wiring that that's why we dealt with winning well, because we're well, that's what I was going to ask you. What meditation has given me is stillness. You know, when yeah. people ask me, what does it do for you? I mean, the, the word that comes to mind is it, it gives me stillness in my life because I was like you that, you know, I just always wanted I just yeah. had to go, go, mm-hmm. go, go. And trying to meditate and sit still for that. I just, you know, I just felt like God, there's things I need to do. And I, mm-hmm. I but now I can just meditate and just totally take in the moment. But mm-hmm. the, the you're probably like me in this regard then, too, that. You know, I was hard on myself. Me too. You know, you, you, that it's crazy that you expect mm. perfection. Mm-hmm. You know, I I would expect myself to be perfect. It didn't matter if it was playing football. Too. Didn't matter if it was giving some speech. Mm-hmm. It, it, whatever it was, I just and and it was crazy because I there was no reason why I should be perfect. You know, I, right. that wasn't even my field or whatever right. it was that I was mm. so upset with myself about. You know, mm. but I was hard on myself, and mm. so I've had to. I've had to kind of work through all of that. You know, I've mm-hmm. done a lot of personal work. And, and, I can see it. Yeah, and it's and that. So there's a, there's a lot going on there. And, yeah. and you know, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that I found it in my 50s. I wish mm-hmm. I'd discovered it in my 30s, but, uh, but, but I'm really grateful that, that life hasn't passed me by without getting to this point. Yeah, I have a funny feeling, brother, that you're going to talk a lot more about this over time, and you may end up dabbling over in my side of things. I could see you really reaching a lot of people with this as the more and more you dig deeper and understand more about you and what you're doing yeah. already today. I guarantee you we've done, a, you know, 35, 40 minutes so far. I can promise you the last eight minutes is the part that people yeah. are going to be talking yeah. about. I think for me also, I've pursued things so aggressively all the time in my life. A little thing meditation's done for me and even just me reflecting and getting a little bit older is I've started to allow certain things just to come to me. That I don't have to go get everything. No. I don't have to go do everything. Mm-hmm. Like I've surrendered a little bit of control and my addiction to outcome all the time. Yep. And just let a little of it come yep. my way. And I found it does. And it's the things that make us successful in one area may produce external results, but can produce internal turmoil. And there's just this nuance in our life. Like if I let go of all of my wanting to control things, all of my perfectionism, all of my drive, and all of my being hard on myself, I probably wouldn't have done some of the things I did. But it's yeah. the dosage yeah. level. Wouldn't you agree? Totally it's, agree. It's the dosage. Totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I I did a podcast with a former teammate of mine a few years ago. Mm. And he, he, he says, talked about how tough I was as a, as a leader and mm. demanding of my teammates and and it made me cringe hmm. because i don't feel i don't feel like i'm that person today at least not as intense yeah. not i'm still intense but not yeah. as intense and yeah. and i told him i said you know i think i would have been a i think i would have been a different teammate if we were playing today mm. you know and i and i really i cringe when i hear you say that yeah. and he was like what are you talking about that's why we were able to do what we were able to do mm. and so I've had this conversation with others, mm. not on a podcast, but I've <laughs> had it. With, I, I, I've had it with others, <laughs> and and they say, yeah, but that allowed you to do what you did. So I yeah. totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. I wonder. I bet yeah, you I, do too. I, I wonder. I could wonder. I produce the same results with a little bit more? Totally. I watched a speech of me from like 20 years ago with a company that I had, and 
gosh, I cringed too. I'm like, what a jerk. Yeah. Like, I thought I was being super intense, but yeah. like, there's just a line there. I'll tell you what happened to me, and then we'll we'll move on. But just to share, because I I feel like this is important for everybody to hear from both of us, because they look at whatever we both done in our lives right. and go, that's the that's that's what I want to be. Some of it you do, and some of it you don't. I was at a friend's house not that long ago. He was with his kids. This is not a financially successful dude, but man, he's a rich man. He's got a rich life, rich relationships. And I was there like an hour and a half, and there was such laughter in their home. I'm talking about like belly laughing joy. You ever been in a home like that? And I'm like, and I could tell it wasn't just for me being there. It was like, this family has joy and bliss. I got my car to leave. I've never said this on my show before, but since we're opening up, and I went, oh my gosh, like, we don't do that in my house enough. Yeah. We don't do that. This thing about me that's so wound up and tight and loving and serious and intense, all that, my kids know that I love them. I have amazing relationships. But like real letting go laughter and bliss and joy, I didn't learn that from my dad. Yeah. I didn't, mo- a lot of times we model. We might have the same dad. <laughs> yeah, really? Like, tell me that because oh I, som- I think sometimes you model, you may not model their life or their thoughts, but you do. You can model their emotions. Mm-hmm. And so just there wasn't a lot of joy and laughter and bliss. And I didn't even realize the absence of it until I saw it in someone yeah. else's home. And I went, now that I'm not willing to cost myself or my children anymore. Yeah. Do you see that too? And, and how do you think we have the same dad? One hundred percent. How are our dads the same? Do you think? Well, my dad was 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 really tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, demanded a lot. Uh, you know, he treated me like I was a grown man from the time I was six years old. Mm-hmm. And you know, and in some ways that's good. Mm-hmm. And I do think that in a lot of ways that is why I was able to go on and achieve a lot of the yeah. things that I achieved. But. Boy, you give up a lot. Mm-hmm. You give up a lot of childhood. Your face just changed. Yeah, you give up. Yeah, you know, you give up a lot. Yeah, when you're treated like that at a young age, and 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 so that was the way our house was as well. I don't recall uh, any laughter in our house, and mm-hmm. you know, everybody kind of walked around on eggshells, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and so I I I'm not that way as a father, mm-hmm. but with that said. It, it there are, I'm better now, but there were times then when you were around that it made you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, you just weren't used to experiencing that. You know, mm-hmm. you'd hear this laughter and stuff going on. And you're like, you know, it's what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. this isn't where I'm most. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not protected in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that I think I definitely could be better. Like what you're saying is like, hey, you know, my kids, they know I adore them and, you know, we've had a great life and all that. But as far as this just exuberant laughter and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, yeah, that's that's not been – yeah, it's not been. With it's something worth evaluating, huh? Totally. Like, I mean, I love them. We have a blissful family. Yeah. We've enjoyed amazing experiences. But man, maybe part of my disposition could have made it richer. Yeah, could have made it more blissful. Yeah. Has your dad passed away? No, he's my mom passed away about three months ago. Uh, I'm sorry. My my father, he's eighty four. Uh, his mom lived to be a hundred. Uh, he's in he's in great he's shape. Gonna, he's and, gonna go. Yeah, he's 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 tough as nails. Mm-hmm. You know. Do you think you were proving something to him as you were? Achieving? I think I I think I always wanted to prove to him I was as tough as he was. I think mm-hmm. that was what it was. Tough. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. uh, you had to be tough to survive in our house, and uh, and I think and and he was pound for pound for pound the toughest person I've I've ever known. I get the feeling that uh, well, you don't have to comment on it. I'm just going to tell you I get the feeling. I get the feeling that you love your dad a lot and that uh, it was really tough and that yeah. you even protect him with what you yeah. don't go to, yeah. how tough it was. Yeah. That's the sense that I get because yeah. I'm watching your face. Yeah, I'm seeing your face. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, you're an amazing son. I'm sure he's unbelievably proud of you. 
this is getting good here, dude. I don't know if you knew we were going to do this today. I don't know if you knew we were going to do this. All right, I want to shift gears a little bit. We don't have that much more time, but I want to ask you about this. One of the things I admire most about you that I that is so rare in life is that when one dream ends for most people, whether they achieve it or not, they have this. They're going to start a business and then it didn't work, mm-hmm. or they're going to be a professional athlete and it didn't happen, or they're going to have this amazing relationship and then there's a divorce or it ends. I really admire people who have a second act, whether they achieve the first dream or not. They come back and they're like, "Man, I made my second dream happen in my life." And you've done that. Like I said it earlier, you had this prolific career. I mean, really, one of the great careers in the history of the sport you played. And then you get into this broadcasting thing, and you're, you know, you're becoming an iconic brand doing that. You and Buck are the best. Thank you. And it's, and it's not even really argued, I don't think, by anybody else. I think Collinsworth and these other guys do a great job. But, like, the brand, there's a reason why you paid the way you're paid to do it. When you got into that... Were you intentional at becoming great at that as well? And like, I'm going to do this for the next 20 years of my life. Is it the same type of preparation, psycho Troy Aikman, that you were doing before? Uh, yeah. So when when I was retiring, first of all, the way I got into broadcasting was I was still playing. Uh, I had I, I ended up playing two more years, but it was 1998. Uh, the radio. Uh, play-by-play guy for the Dallas Cowboys uh he's only done radio and they had NFL Europe back then yeah and I asked him I said why don't you ever go over to NFL Europe and and call games and he said well I'd like to but you know they just haven't given me an opportunity and I said well they've been asked Fox has been asking me to go over there for years I said why don't why don't we go you can do play-by-play. I'll do color, but um, I, I, you know, I'm, I, I had no interest in television. But but uh, you know, I'll get a couple weeks in Europe and call a couple games, and then you'll get to go do that. You know, and so he said, yeah. So I told Fox that I would do it, but I wanted Brad to be my play-by-play guy, and so that's how it started. I had, like I said, I had zero interest in broadcasting, but when I called the game with him. Just had a great time calling mm. it, you know. I mean, I because I, I always wondered how can guys talk for three hours Me about too. it. You know, yeah. I'm not, I'm just not a that big of a talker, you know. Mm. But then you do the work, you prepare, and you talk to players and coaches, and you realize you have all kinds of things to talk about. You know, you don't have enough time to talk about all the things that you wanted to. So, I really enjoyed it. And at the end of that game, I got a call from a guy named Ed Gorn, who was with Fox Sports, and he's become one of my closest friends. And uh, he said, hey, when you retire from football, if you want to broadcast, we, we'll have a job for you. And I okay. thought, oh, so that was the first time I started even thinking that I might do this. Mm. And then when I did retire from football, Matt Millen had been the number two guy, mm-hmm. and he left to go become the GM of the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. And he had been behind John Madden for years there. And, and so I think he was a little worn out from all that. But anyway, I retired, and, and they put me in the number two booth. Mm. And then after one year... John Madden decided to go to Monday Night Football and work for ABC, and the next thing I knew, they were pairing me with Joe Buck and Chris Collinsworth. So we were in a three-man booth for a while. But, Ed, I really thought I would do it for a couple years and then figure out what I really wanted to do with my life, and, and, and then I'd go do that. And I always thought that I'd be in the front office for a team. I could see that. Yeah, I always thought yeah. that – you know, I had definite thoughts when I was a player, and, mm-hmm. and most quarterbacks do, as to mm-hmm. how you build the team, what mm-hmm. you need, and the type of guys you want. Uh, so that's what I thought that I was going to do. But then I got divorced, mm-hmm. and my girls were really young. Mm-hmm. And it, it just was not something I – could do. Uh, I was a single father. 
Uh, and broadcasting was the greatest job for that because I was only gone on the weekend. Yeah. During football season, mm-hmm. I was home all week. Could drive them to school, pick them up, mm-hmm. uh, go to all their school functions, and then in the off season, I was totally theirs. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, my youngest just finished her sophomore year of college. So it wasn't until two years ago that if I really wanted to pursue that, then I could have. So broadcasting was not in my long-term plans, but Mm -hmm. then it it happened because of my personal life. Uh, But yeah, my preparation is every bit as intense as it was as a player. It's just a little bit different, of course. It's not physical. It's just more more Mm -hmm. mental and but uh, I put in a lot of time, and, and I feel like I – however you broadcast is really totally up to you. Mm-hmm. And if it's accepted by the audiences that when they listen to you. But mm-hmm. uh, I just always have believed that you can't fake it. So for me to be totally prepared and feel comfortable being ready to call the game, I've got to put in so much time – just so I have com- a comfort level, you know. You, it's, you, others may be able to do it with less work, mm-hmm. and maybe they're smarter than I am, and they just work a little bit better than I do. I don't know. But is this articulate version of you? Like I'm being serious too. You were, you said you're not you're an unbelievable communicator. Is that a muscle that's grown since you've been doing it, or when if I were to go back and watch that first broadcast? Oh, it's it's grown. Yeah, it's grown. Yeah. Okay. And the, the other part of this is that, you know, they, there wasn't social media when I started. Hmm. Um, I said a lot of dumb, dumb, I still do, but <laughs> but I'd say dumb things. And it's like, you're, you know, that perfectionist again yeah. is like saying in your head, you're yeah. an idiot. I mean, what are you, gosh, yeah. you know, how could you say such a dumb thing? And, and but you didn't read about it, <laughs> it's you know, as soon as you finished. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, Instagram. exactly. It wasn't yeah. on, you know, Instagram and, you know, so I was fortunate in that sense. You know, yeah. the people that get into this business now really any anyone you get into the you know you're a rookie quarterback all over mm-hmm. again and just the the platform that everybody has to weigh in on mm-hmm. your performance is much different i mean these athletes are much more heavily scrutinized than i ever was when i came in yeah i think the thing i'm just thinking i'm listening to you i got a couple more things i want to ask you i wish we could go three hours honestly but you know, i think the thing i'm most impressed with you is you appear to me to be getting better as a human the older you get and um that's impressive because you came from a pretty high place in the first place, you know, but physically, spiritually, mentally, um, your ability to think and articulate your thoughts is all at a, a higher level than it was even 15 and 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah. That's impressive. Or, th- or even three years ago. Super impressive. Know? Now, talk about preparation. There's one thing you can't prepare for. I just, I, I wanted to ask you this since it happened. Um, you were calling the DeMar uh, yeah. Hamlin game. Yeah. You can't prepare for that. No. What in the world? Everybody knows what I'm talking about, but the Buffalo Bills guy that ended up going to cardiac arrest, they thought he probably had died on the field that night. He's actually coming back and playing this year, which is unbelievable to me. But what's that like, number one, that situation? Then two, you are now on live television in front of millions of people, and you have no preparation for something like this. So all this preparation, Troy Aikman stuff, that's out the window. What was that experience like? Well, unlike anything that I've ever experienced. I mean, it went from a sportscast to a newscast, uh, and and it looked pretty dire yeah you know uh when it happened uh we i've seen head injury everybody has on television uh and that's initially what it looked like mm-hmm. was that demar had gotten hit he started to get up and then he wobbled a little and then he goes down um but it, it didn't take but a few seconds uh, less than a minute to really understand the gravity of the situation with the mm-hmm. people that were out and what we had privilege of seeing with our cameras that the public was not seeing was the amount of attention and the CPR that was being administered uh, in order to keep him alive, mm-hmm. uh, and they it was 
it was feverish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was going on quite some time. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was going to make it, mm-hmm. quite honestly. <clears throat> now, that that broadcast, or the way that we at least covered it, uh, I, I actually did very little. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Buck did the heavy lifting mm-hmm. that night, and, and I told him this. And I'll tell all your viewers, I, I've seen Joe... Uh, do some amazing things as a broadcaster uh, in some big moments, in big games, uh, the biggest of games, where he's been just perfect. And I thought this was his finest hour. Really? I mean, I thought he was amazing. Mm. <clears throat> there was no real direction for him because nobody knew yeah. Nobody knew what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody knew really the situation. We weren't getting much information. We didn't know how long we were going to be on the air right. there with – ESPN and ABC, or were we going to throw it to someone else? And you didn't even know if the game was going to continue for a while. Didn't right? know, yeah, yeah, none of that. Yeah. Uh, so it's a it it turned into an amazing story because mm-hmm. Joe and I were in New York for what they call the upfronts for ESPN, and Demar Hamlin came out on stage with us. We'd never met him, oh, wow. and uh, it was it was fantastic. I get a little emotional about Sweet. it just because. Uh, you know, shoot that night. Mm. You know, we didn't know if we didn't even know if he was going to live. But mm. uh, but for him, when I've seen him prior to even meeting him, his platform that he's been given mm. and what he's done with that mm. uh, is really really Impressive. remarkable. I mean, there's some there's some good work being done through mm. that young man and 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 how he's kind of taken this mm. the mantle and and just making the most of, mm. of the opportunity that he has to reach so many people. Yeah. So are you today. Well, thank you. So are you today. Thank you. Let me ask you one more thing. First off, I got to tell you, I really enjoyed today. Yeah, me too. A lot. Thank you. I think we're going to be friends for a long time. I uh, admire you and I like you. Um, I love seeing somebody just get better and better as a person. And I see that in you. Has all of this, please answer this as honestly as you can, because we all know what like the easy answer is. Is like all this worth it, this meticulous routine you've got all the discipline all the sacrifices all the weight room stuff all the film prep that you did all the media you've had to do then the transition to going into broadcasting and now you're an entrepreneur which by the way go get your eight beer if you're in texas until we can get it to you everywhere (laughs) else um is is it worth it would it have been okay for you now at your 56 Mm mm-hmm if I said, hey, Troy, life didn't, you didn't win any Super Bowls, you didn't play in the NFL, you're not in the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, you're not a TV icon guy now, but you've had a pretty good life. You did all right, man. It, you, you got out of here, you didn't hurt anybody. Yeah. Everything turned out okay, but man, you got, you didn't have to do all this stuff you've had to do. Right. Would you be okay with that life and is the one you chose worth it? Yeah. The, the life I've chosen is definitely worth it. You know, I mean, I have, I have no regrets. Um, there's nothing I look back on and think, ah, man, I wish I'd have, wish I'd have done that a little bit differently. I mean, I know that I've given up a lot, um, but there's a balance. I mean, you've got to, you've got to strike a balance, uh, for me in terms of what, what motivated me to achieve i've always felt like like there's another mountain to climb um and my the people who find contentment uh i used to think contentment was a four-letter word Mm -hmm. but now i really admire those that are content Mm -hmm. as long as it's as long as it's putting the right 
context, right? I think it was authentic. My sister, uh, who's very successful, she's the CEO of the largest hospital in Oklahoma. She has she has contentment and you know and 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 i admire that uh i now am finding contentment um but before i i i could never have uh been in that space so i feel like i've been a a really good father uh which has been the only thing that's mattered to me is being you know if my girls at the end of my life say hey my dad was a great father if they tell people then 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 nothing else matters i mean you say hey you're not really thought of as being a top five all-time quarterback i don't care mm-hmm. but you know i think i could maybe make that top five uh, all-time dad list and so that's what that's what motivates me that's what matters to me uh, all the other stuff because our our story is going to be told by those who know us best it's not going to be the people who the fans that were thrilled that we won super bowls and but you know you know what i'm saying yeah, and so i do um but yeah, I feel like it's 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 definitely been worth it, um, and and I'm thrilled with where I'm at. I mean, life just keeps getting better. Um, so yeah, I'm happy. I think happy. it's because you're getting better. Yeah, the, uh, didn't know that when uh, we booked you for the show that we would talk about these things today. Yeah, and I'm really grateful that we did. Yeah, and I, I want too. you to know if there's anything I can ever do for you, um, I'm here to help you Thank in any you. way that I can. You're a stud. Oh, appreciate and, it. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, my audience is going to share the heck out of this thing here today, wow. brother. This was outstanding. One of the best conversations I've ever had on or off camera. Wow. I enjoyed it. It means a lot. Enjoyed it very, very much. Yeah. Hey, guys, um, make sure you follow Troy. He's on uh, social media at Troy Aikman, or as my producer Sasha said today, Troy Ackman. He's <laughs> coming on the show today, and she's super excited about it. So follow Troy on uh, on Instagram. You can get Drink 8 Beer on Instagram also. And you can also grab a copy of The Power of One More, which is the greatest book written in 2023 by this guy, Ed Milet. (laughs) God bless you all, everybody. Max out your life. This is The Ed Milet Show.